Hi folks, this is Jeff McDonald. Welcome to the Ideas Architect podcast, where we talk about how to design, build and sell your ideas. And today we've got a social media focus today, and particular Twitter. And I think there's a really obvious question for me and a lot of other people out there as, do you get Twitter? And I think the way to answer this question is, if you're getting results from Twitter in terms of you're generating contacts, you're building a network, or even generating business from Twitter, then I'd say you get Twitter. If you're not producing those sort of results and you're using Twitter, then maybe you haven't worked it out just yet. So the really good news is we've got Keith Keller on the show. And a few years ago, about three or four years ago, he decided he wanted to focus his whole business on Twitter. That's right. Everything he does is all about Twitter. And he had the really grandiose plan of wanting to be in the top 10 worldwide for Twitter. And you might laugh at that as a goal. And the result is, after about four or five years, he's actually now in the top 1%, according to Cred, on Twitter. So let's talk about Twitter with Keith Keller. Enjoy the show. Hi, Keith. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Tell us. Tell us what you do, Keith, who you are, what you do. Okay, so I've decided that, you know, I am the Twitter dude. There's eight social media sites now, WordPress and Google Plus and Pinterest and Instagram and blah, 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 blah. And I can't keep up with them all. So in <laughs> July 2010, I just put my light, foot in the sand and I said, okay, I'm just going to be the best in the world at Twitter. Yeah, I don't care that Facebook changes every second minute. I don't care about Google Plus. I really dislike it. I can't get my head around Google uh, YouTube videos. I just can't get my head around video. Uh, I'm trying Pinterest. I'm trying Instagram, but I'm not excellent at them. But I tell you what, I think I've nailed Twitter. So I just decided to show my face to the world and say, you know what, if you need to know about Twitter, then I'm here to help. If you don't, I'm not offended. Go and do what you do because not everyone gets it. Not everyone digs it. Not everyone loves it as much as me. Well, I'm pretty clear. Like I even did a book wrapper issue on Twitter a number of years ago and I probably understand it reasonably well. But in the same way, I don't do it. Or if I do it, I broadcast it, which probably, if I was really straight with myself, says I don't get it. So what don't I get? What do most people don't get about Twitter? Mm-hmm. I think the fundamental thing about Twitter is what I call four to one. I personally do 10 to one, but the 80-20 rule. Now, if you look at my Twitter account, at Keith Keller, and follow me along or just have a look there, you'll see that I tweet heaps and heaps of stuff for everyone else. And about once or twice a day, I might tell you what I'm doing. Yep. So I never tweet about being at the beach and having ice creams, I tweet, okay, here's a really great article with my friend Sarah, and guess what? I'm so excited. We made it into the Huffington Post today, which did happen. I'm so excited. It actually made it into the Huffington Post today. But that might be my, that might be the story about me once a day. But then I might find a couple of other articles that have been written by Sarah or another couple of articles that have been written around the issue of domestic violence, which is a hot topic at the moment. Uh, or I might find another couple of articles written by Mashable or Social Bro or uh, Jeff Bullis. So my feed is very rich in content. And because of that, you know, I've got 34,000 and 
something, uh, people saying, actually, I don't mind that. I'll, I'll follow you. I'll get your stuff. Your stuff's good, and I don't mind checking in occasionally to see what that is. What most people do, because they think of it just like an ad on the TV, hey, guess what? I'm speaking at an event tomorrow. Why don't you come? I've just written a book. Why don't you buy it? Here's the 10% discount on our French fried chicken. Uh, or guess what? We've got this really cool fundraiser. Why don't you give me $10? And I'm, And everyone's going, why would I? I don't even know who you are, you know. I don't even know what you talk about, what you stand for. What are you even doing here? Mm. It's like if you've ever been in the city. I went into the city, I met my wife for lunch, and there's this guy standing, I don't know if you've ever seen this idea, the guy standing on the corner talking at the top of his voice about his really left-wing political views. Was he on the phone? No, no, he was no, shouting oh. at people. Oh, okay, he was doing he was the speaker's chorus really thing. quite literally okay, on a yeah. soapbox yeah. with a whole lot of paraphernalia. Now, doubtlessly, that, that subject is very passionate to, for him and maybe even quite interesting. But the way he presented it was, unless you get it, unless you sign up and join my petition and join the club, you're, you're, in, you're an infidel. You know, you're, you're the enemy. And I'm thinking, hang on, mate, I'll just come into the city to meet my wife for lunch. <laughs> I'm just having a nice day out. We've got some things to do. Maybe you've got a point, but I haven't got time for that today. I've got some other things I'm doing. And, and like, there was this girl crying, this young girl crying there. Going, oh, what are you doing? I'm just coming to the. I'm just coming to the city to have a nice day with my mum. And now you're yelling at me. Oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and and so I actually I got a very vivid picture of that. But that's what a lot of people do on social media. I'm good. Look at me. Buy my stuff. Why is no one buying my stuff? I'm so angry. When what, what I do is I say, look, you might not get Twitter, and I get that. A lot of people don't. It's actually probably one of the least popular platforms of all. Everyone everyone understands Instagram. You take a photo of yourself at the beach, you put it on, a, on your phone. It's so simple to do. Everyone's doing it. It's hugely popular in Australia. I get that. You know, you take these things we call selfies, right? He's me. He's me. And you put it on Instagram and in- everyone gets that, whether you're 15 or 50. And everyone gets LinkedIn because it's a professional network with people hanging out with professional people. Everyone gets the point of that. Not many people use it well, but a lot of people are using it. It's, it can be funky if you use it well and it can get you business results. But there's no point in me standing on a soapbox and saying you've got to get Twitter or you're the devil. Because, you know, 80% of the population in Australia particularly doesn't get it. And I'm not offended by that. But I get it. And I dig it. So what is there to get? Or or better still, tell us about the Huffington Post, because that's a result of someone getting it. Yeah, okay. So my friend Sarah Canada is a writer. Now, my story is that I love podcasting. I love podcasting. So what I've got a 10-part e-book and podcast series called Crack the Twitter Code. Anne-Marie Cross, who was a very, very good lead for your show, she, we should get her on this show, she's a brand expert for coaches, mainly entrepreneurial women. So she interviewed me uh, and we did a 10-part podcast series, which a friend of mine turned into an e-book, a little, little e-book, and it's available for free on my website, keithkeller.com.au, completely free, nothing to buy, just go and have a look there if you want to get... Twitter. Because I don't want to be the guy in the city shouting at you. I want you to get it and say, mate, I get this. I need your help. It's a softer sell. So my friend Sarah 
Kanata, who lives in, in Melbourne, she says, can I write that, can I rewrite that book from the point of view of writers? So we've coined this phrase, Twitter write, W-R-I-T-E. I thought that was pretty clever. Twitter write. Yep. If you write, use Twitter. Here's a way to Twitter write correctly. So we, we went and got the URL twitterforwriters.com and we just yesterday started a podcast, actually Tuesday, today's Thursday. We started a podcast on Tuesday. We recorded something. This is, so, this is how fast it can happen. So we recorded a podcast on Tuesday. Sarah wrote a blog post about the podcast on Wednesday. The Huffington Post picked it up and it came out Wednesday night and it's already been picked up by three US newspapers. <laughs> so we do a podcast in our, the comfort of our own home on a Tuesday. We write a blog post, we put it on the internet. This is the best case scenario. A really cool company called Huffington Post picks it up and says, oh, there's something in this, we'll post that. Three other newspapers in the US said, actually, I dig the Huffington Post. If they do it, I'll do it. So that's four pieces of content from one 15-minute podcast we did on a Tuesday morning in our lounge room. I mean, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. And the exposure is phenomenal, like Huffington Post for starters, but then you've got other media outlets that are going to give you, what, thousands of views. Thousands. And the thing that's really interesting, and this is why I get Twitter, this is why I dig Twitter. You know, I love what I do. I love it. I love helping people with Twitter. I work a lot with creatives, writers, singers, speakers, uh people from American Idol and The Voice and all these sort of really cool people, and they get the idea that exposure is king. You know, exposure is the is the point of reference. How many views did my video get? How many retweets did my tweets get? How many people bought my book? You know, that's the, that's the point of reference for creative people. Yeah. And um, so in traditional media, sure, you could get a gig on the TV if you can be lucky enough to get a gig on the TV, and people will see it, and that's brilliant. It's if you can if you can work that angle, you've got to do it. But it's bloody hard to work that angle. Whereas other, if if you drive the content, you create your own podcasts, you write your own blogs, you make your own YouTube videos, then you drive the traffic. And Twitter is absolutely without doubt, in brackets, in my opinion, the best traffic driver there is, separate to pay per click advertising, which costs buckets of money, but does work. So. Twitter drives traffic. It just drives traffic. And the the whole point of Tuesday's uh, podcast, which we can embed in the show notes or we can tweet separately, is that Twitter is the launching pad. So if you've written a book or you've got a platform that you really love to speak about or you've done a TED Talk or you've just started a business or you've just released a new album or a book of poetry – or you've got this really cool blog that you really think is important, and you're, and you're wondering why isn't anyone reading it or coming to your gigs or buying your book or hearing your album, Twitter is that point of reference where you can go, I can start now on my own. I don't have to wait for anyone else. I'm here and I've got time. You know, then you add things like, well, let's see if we can get you on the telly. Let's see if we can get your gig on the radio. Let's see if we can get your video on MTV. You know, maybe we can do all that stuff later. But today, you can put it on Twitter. And you're in control. And the thing that I love, this is the really important, this is a very, very important piece to get. Facebook has this this concept now called boosting. 
You know, organic reach on Facebook is virtually zero. Yes. You put a po- you put you put a post on Facebook and you go, hang on, you know, a year ago that might have got twenty, thirty likes. Now no one's even seeing it. Mm. Why is that? Because, and this is a legitimate business model. I mean, Facebook is a business. For twenty bucks, we'll send it to your friends. For fifty bucks, we'll send it to your friends, and and for a hundred bucks, we'll send it on. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm, I've got to pay twenty bucks just to send stuff to my friends. It's a bit of a silly model. But anyway, it's making them buckets of money and people seem to want to do it. So they call that Facebook boosting. Now, I'm not against that because Facebook's got to make money. Why, why else would they exist? But a year ago, you used to be able to do that for free. So on Twitter, and this is the really quintessential, this is the quintessential uh, thing. I think this is even more important than the Huffington Post thing. We call, uh, we have this phrase we call tweet rich. What that means is if I tweet something, how many people get it? And more importantly, how many people retweet it and how many followers do they have? I'll give you an example. Sarah, my friend who's going to write a really lovely book about Twitter right, has got 100 followers, 178 followers now as of today. So, But I have 34,000 followers. So if I tweet anything about Sarah... 34,000 and 178 people get it. But I have friends that have a million followers. And yesterday, this is so cool. Yesterday, this this blog post from the Huffington, this blog post from the Huffington Post reached 2,635,000 people. Wow. For free. Yeah. Now it's very hard not to get excited about that. Because, like, I don't call in my favours very often. I call this my place in the sun. I tweet 10 to 1 every day forever, even weekends, which, you know, pisses my wife off. But I do. I tweet all the time for everyone else because I know that I'm going to have one day, maybe once every quarter, maybe once a week even, I'm going to have a, a, a sort of thing that I wouldn't mind sharing. Like, I'm pretty proud. You know, I got I got featured in the Huffington Post. Yes, that's, that's, that's a story worth telling. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I called in a few favours. So my, my radio announcer mate in uh, Philadelphia, one million followers, tweeted it out to his followers in Philadelphia. My friend in London, 1.2 million followers, she tweeted it out to her friend. She's also a radio announcer. She's in London. So right there, 2.2 million people just saw it with the click of a button because they go, well, look, Keith, you don't ask this very often. You know, you're a good bloke. I'll help you because you tweet all my stuff all the time. So we're all sharing. And so my highest score there, and I'm happy to send you a screenshot for this, um, is 3 million people on one particular day saw my my tweets for free. Did they see it or did it just get sent to them? Ah, that's a very good point. You were in Sydney. This is a very good point. You were in Sydney. You didn't see my emails. Nope. I sent you my emails. You didn't see them because you were in Sydney. But are we talking email or tweets? Because... Often I won't go on to Twitter. Like occasionally I'll open TweetAdder or the Twitter app and I'll see what's going on, but I don't do that every day. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I actually use the analogy. I've got two analogies for you. On uh, When you watch The Voice, if you watch The Voice, and the, the pretty girl sings, it's usually a pretty girl these days, the pretty girl wins, <laughs> just before they announce the winner and who's going to get the car and the you know $100,000 recording contract, there's an ad. Right, there's an ad. Now that ad probably costs I don't know a hundred thousand dollars for one minute. I'm guessing, 
absolutely pure conjecture, but I'm guessing it'll be about right. The ad before they announce the winner on The Voice is $100,000, right? Yep. But we know for sure that in Australia, obviously much more in America, but in Australia about 3 million people watched the, the announcement. So it's a reasonable assumption that 3 million people saw that ad. Yeah. They probably didn't. I mean, I would have, I'd probably be in the toilet or making a cup of tea or, you know, turning the sound down and talking to my wife or, you know, I don't know, doing something else. I mean, who really watches the ads? But the point is that someone, a company, a car company maybe, has spent $100,000 on an ad immediately before the pretty girl wins. As I said, it's usually a pretty girl, not always, but usually. And that it could be said that that's a very good use of money. Three million people saw her thing. So it's reasonable to assume that three million people saw the ad, and that's a fairly interesting story. But the the other version of that is if you get the the paper in your town, let's say we're talking to a national audience or even a global audience, and say, for instance, they say that a million people get the paper or even 100,000 people, how many people read the paper? I mean, they might flick to the sports section. I mean, how many people read the ads? Me, really. The the paper charges you $30,000 for an ad on page three with a stat saying, you know, 100,000 people read this every day on the way to work on the train. And that's a stat that's quite acceptable in the marketing world. But how many people really read the ads? I never do. You know, if I'm going to read it, I might check the cricket score or the headline on the front page and maybe flick through to the, the comics. What do you think, Jeff? Do you read the ads on page three of the paper in our town? I pretty much don't read the paper anymore. But yeah. um, the big problem that they always said around the advertising space was that, yeah, sure, we've got a circulation of, you know, 100,000 or whatever, but there's no way of knowing who saw it, who read it, and who took any action. And that's yeah. always been the weakness of mass marketing advertising, whereas when you get onto the online spaces, you can actually see quite clearly, you know, how many views were had. So let's say it went out to 3 million people, but how many people actually viewed it or how many people actually commented on it, you've got different metrics down the line. Yeah, and, and that's where and that's actually a really good uh, – let's play that out. Say, for instance, 3 million people saw my tweet about – my Huffington Post article, and I just so happen to write a blog post about that on my page so I can check the metrics yep. with, say, Google Analytics. You can go into Google Analytics and say, yeah, i got a big spike today. i got a big spike on my blog post today, and the majority of those people came through Twitter, Facebook, Google+, organic, whatever. So you're right. There is no guarantee in any space maybe with the exception of pay-per-click, which I'm actually starting to become a little bit of a fan of, other than the fact that it costs a lot of money, um, because pay-per-click is geared towards getting your result. If you're going to pay a dollar a click, or in some cases $40 a click, to get someone to your website, you want to make sure that when they get there, they know what to do, because you're paying money. I mean, with Twitter and all these other things, you're paying time. So let's flip it. Jeff, if you're not using Twitter, what are you doing? What, are you using any of the social or the awesome eight? Are you using any of the social media platforms? Or how do you personally get your message out? Or what do most people do to get the message out? Well, generally on Twitter, I tend to broadcast in the sense, and it's not my stuff. It's more like that I use it to collect things. So 
I'll read the news, I'll read the ABC site, and I'll go, oh, that's an interesting article. I'll share that with my audience. So most of my tweets are not about my stuff. And even down to, there'll be a there'll be one a day where it'll be my, going off my blog post or what I've just posted. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The majority so of times... That sounds like it's a good... But what do you do to, what do you do to promote your stuff? I mean, if, we, if you're not doing... To, um, and I'm, I'm guessing you would be, uh, you know, a typical business owner in Australia. If you're not using Twitter, what do you blog? Do you use Google Plus? Do you love YouTube videos? Uh, do you put ads in the paper? Do you, do you advertise on Light FM? I mean, what, what do you do? Um, well, most of it's my blogging, so it's a content marketing strategy around publishing okay. content. And then it's yeah. just using, generally using social media to share other stuff, but also just sharing my stuff. And yeah. I'm starting to focus a bit more on um, LinkedIn at the moment and connecting okay. with yeah. individuals there. Um, I, I can see that LinkedIn is a very, very reasonable strategy. Yeah, it's just a, like I guess with Twitter, it's like, the, the, th- the piece I keep hearing with people is it's great to pick up conversations and build relationships with people. So is that a strategy that you employ where you yeah, pick yeah. up, you go, I, I want to talk with a whole lot of writers here, so let's search for writers and I'll start following and connecting with key influencers in the writing market. Is that the yeah. way you work? This is absolutely the best use of Twitter. I, I personally love JVs, joint ventures. I yeah. just love making stuff with other people. I guess I guess I really should sit down and knuckle down and make something on my own 100%, but I just don't want to. I just I just love hanging out with people. It's just my energy. So I have, for instance, a what I call Twitter for dot, dot, dot. You know, I've got Twitter for actors, Twitter for writers, Twitter for musos, Twitter for models, Twitter for speakers, Twitter for radio announcers, Twitter for TV. Because I, that's I've a got, lot. <laughs> yeah. So I, the the core ingredient, the secret sauce, or the master sauce, if you've ever if ever been to an Indian restaurant, if you've ever been to an Indian restaurant, you go, hang on, <laughs> that meal tastes so much similar to this one. I mean, they call it something else, but it just tastes the same. It's the same master sauce, right? Yeah. With different veggies. And it's um, also from a marketing point of view, people. So it's like the generic marketing book versus the one for actors. Well, if you're an actor, you're going to pick up the one for actors because they're speaking yeah. to you. So um, I have got a generic one, which I did with Janet Beckers. Actually, yeah. I don't know if you know Janet. I thought she'd be a good person to come on your show. And that is twittertipsforbusiness.com. Yep. That was one of the first ones I did. It was a generic four-part video series to say, you know, you don't get Twitter. Here's a four-parter. Just get your head around Twitter if you've got a business. But what I love, and this is why I personally use Twitter, Sarah Canada, Canata A-U, C-A-N-N-A-T-A-A-U. You've got to follow her. She's so gorgeous. You know, um, she said to me, Keith, I want to write your Twitter for dot, dot, dot idea for writers. I'm going to ask you questions specific to writers. I know heaps of writers. Lots of writers want to know this stuff. I think this could go off. And it has. And it is. Because she's asking me questions from the point of view of a writer. She knows heaps of writers. So I now have started to connect with all these writers and we're chatting and forming friendships and communities. So uh, Twitter is just an awesome way to meet great people. If you want to do a JV, if you want to sort of meet up with people in your industry and, and collectively and increasingly, maybe not in Australia, but increasingly globally, Twitter is becoming a pretty funky tool to use. It's becoming widely accepted as a tool of choice for a lot of really major people, yeah? Yeah. So how would you go about forming that relationship with someone to do a marketing partnership or a joint venture? Mm, mm, okay. So what I 
almost invariably do all the time is I do I start I do the following. So this is marketing heresy. A lot of people don't get this at all, mate. I'm the star. Why would I follow other people? I'm the person that needs to be followed. A lot of people say this to me, especially in the music space. But I'm trying to get more followers. How's following other people going to help me? <laughs> but if you follow, say, 20 people a day, and there's a really cool site I use for that called wefollow.com, which actually recommends people under a sub- subheading, Melbourne, photography, Australia, Twitter, blogging. You know, uh, it's a subgroup. And they're yep. divided into yep. hundreds of no, thousands cool. of people. So I personally follow about 20 people a day deliberately. And if you look at my Twitter account, you'll notice that I follow more people than follow me back because I'm always toggling that ratio. Yeah. Usually about 10% more. So I'm always looking for new people to follow because I love chatting. And, and that's that's the first step. I follow others. That's the first solution. So are you ta- picking off people in specific areas? That's the what, that's what I'm getting to. It's like, so you, if you're writing a book on writers, you're going to pick off writers. Is that the way yeah, you're going? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I might go to, say, wefollow.com and type in the word writer. Okay. And Twitter has a really funky, really, really funky idea, an algorithm that says, okay, well, you followed this writer. Here's three others you might want to follow. It has yeah. this who to follow algorithm. So um, – I follow a lot of TV anchors in the US because I think Twitter could be really, 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 really useful for them. Yeah. So when I follow the TV anchor from, you know, the, the lead station in Washington, suddenly the anchor from the lead station in Toronto turns up and says, oh, if you liked her, you might like him. Yeah. Or if you liked him, you might like her. And here's three others to choose from. So it doesn't actually take you very long to find people that you like that are related and that's why it's very important to know who you're targeting so for for me for twitter i'm targeting people that are in the public eye and want to be in the public eye you know some people are are sort of invisible in their business they want to be the background boy and make money but invisibly they don't really need to show their face so once i do that that's the first step i follow 20 people every day every day i do this every day you know on the train i can do it on my phone i can uh I can do it at the beach when I'm having a latte. I can do it here on my computer if I want to. I can do it on a laptop while I'm waiting for my next interview. I can do it while I'm boiling the kettle. Then what I do is every morning I look at who's followed me back. This is actually the quintessential strategy. So, uh, for instance, overnight, uh, a really cool life coach in the US followed me, uh, a singer from The Voice uh, last year in Australia followed me. Not the girl that won, but, you know, she got pretty close. Um, I, I think one of the girls, uh, an anchor from Houston, followed me. And so there's there's a couple of people that go, okay, well, there's some people that have followed me back. I'll spend maybe 30 seconds saying, hello, Donna, how are you doing today? What's the weather like in Houston? Because yep. the very important thing to remember about uh, Twitter, this has slightly changed just this week, but you can only really talk to people if you're following back, that was the uh, etiquette up until this point that Twitter had set this little parameter, which I like. If you follow me back, you've sort of given me permission to say hello. If you don't follow me back, you're probably either too busy or you're not noticing me, so I won't bother you yet. So have they just ch- so clarify what they've just changed this week. Uh, I think the, the parameters are that Twitter now gives you the faci- facility to DM, direct message anyone. Oh, really? Okay which I personally not sure I'm that happy about. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, 
the parameter that I, I have been using, I like this parameter. If someone follows you back, it's like they've knocked at the door saying, mate, hey, welcome to the house. You know, welcome to the street. You know, I love new neighbours and my name's Keith and how, how, what's your, what are you doing? Yell out if you need anything, I'm just next door. So it's, it's this olive branch. To, not everyone follows me back because they want to chat to me. They might just be interested in what I'm doing. But I just, I just take the initiative and I say, hello, Donna, how's Houston today? Have you got anything I can tweet for you? I always ask that question. Yeah. Have you got anything I can tweet for you? Don't so, worry about me yet. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you later if I've got anything. But so so well, immediately you're in the 1% that does that because everybody just directs. Because, and how, many pe- how many people would you know would do that? Oh, very few because the majority of those messages are automated where they say, now that you've followed me on Twitter, come and follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn and everything else. It's like, well, I just think that's one of the stupidest things. But Yeah. Um, Welcome DMs are absolutely categorically the number one most hated thing about Twitter. Yep. Welcome DMs, the automated, hello, thank you for following, I've got an ebook. People think, oh, well, I'm doing something, I'm saying hello in an automated way. Most people hate that. I don't know a single person who likes that. Don't I started doing person. that about five years ago with my book wrapper stuff, and I could actually track how many times that particular issue on Twitter was downloaded, and, and lately no one, no one downloads it. So clearly that worked five years ago, but it doesn't work today. Oh, it used to work. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. If it works, you keep doing it. Like pop-ups. I mean, I, the number one most hated thing about internet marketing is pop-ups. But the stats keep showing they work. But they work. So, Even the people that hate them do them. Yeah. You know? I, everyone hates pop-ups. I don't know a single person that doesn't hate pop-ups. I hate them but, on my own side. <laughs> they work. Yeah. But I can tell you categorically that welcome DMs don't work. Yeah, cool. And that some people I know actually actively, uh, I don't, but they actively unfollow people. I, I don't do that. I mean, I, I realise that it's just a sort of a, a, thing, a habit that people have got into. But if you're listening to this for the first time and you haven't heard this story, I want you to promise me that you're going to deactivate your welcome DM message because you are absolutely pissing people off. Yeah. And if, and if you're not, if you're getting results, then please let me know because you'd be the 1% of people in the world that it works for. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm not infallible. But everyone I talk to says, I hate them. I hate them. Yeah? Yeah. So we've got that you you follow people, then your first point of contact is just to say, hello, how can I help you? Then what's yeah. what's next after that? Well, then, then you wait for them to get back to you. Yeah. So, for instance... Um, you start with, hello, Donna, what's the weather in Houston today? I'm in Melbourne and here's a picture of me at the beach. There's a really cool cafe near my house which I love to share about because I live here and it's just such a cool thing. And it's just a conversation starter. And if they get back and say, hey, actually, thank you for calling me, but it's snowing, you bastard. I wish I was sitting <laughs> there. Then you've made a friend. Yeah. And then you know they're in the club. Then, 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 then you know they're in the zone. And how if quickly they, should the should, – so if you've done that with me, how quickly should I reply before you start to go, this guy's not home? Oh. Uh, Doesn't matter. Like if it's three or four days, is that a big deal or uh, it should be years, the next day? or Sorry? It could be years later. Oh, years later. Okay. Yeah. So, it's not like, it, it's not hmm. like you ring and you ring and you ring. Like yeah. if, if, say, for instance, I follow 20 people a day and I'm getting about, I think, 48% at the moment. So say, for instance, 10 people follow me back yep. and ten, and to maybe 10 other random people that have seen this Huffington Post thing maybe, 
then I I might follow Donna. I'm just a hypothetical person, but I'll say Donna's the anchor from a TV show in uh, Houston. I'll say hello. She might not get back to me for months. And then suddenly I'll go into my DMs, which I check regularly, and there's a message from Donna saying, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. We were snowed in, actually, and we didn't have internet. Yeah. But I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can you send me your ebook, please? I'm really digging it. I really, really dig what you're doing. I want to know more. Or And if they never get back to you, that's okay. You know, people are busy. But And there's 7 billion people in the planet. You know, 7 billion people on the planet. I'm not going to be able to be friends with everyone. But the thing is that I'm making amazing friendships. I'm just making amazing friendships. Like my friend in the Philadelphia who is a radio announcer with a show that has 1 million view, listens regularly. He's, it's an internet show. But it has 1 million downloads a week. 1 million downloads a week. Wow. You know, here's a guy with one million downloads a week, and he's my friend. <laughs> Happens to own about six radio, uh, six record labels in various genres, and we're often saying, "Oh, mate, did you see that girl on the Voice last week?" He says, "Yeah, I'm watching that. I got it." Uh, well, she followed me to that. All right, I'll send her in my details. I like her. So I'm looking out for him. I'm looking out for him whenever I come across someone who's, um, you know, really funky, cool, sexy, maybe a bit of a commodity, you know, because music's a bit like that. And I'm so sorry if people are listening to that and that sounded a bit tacky, but it is the truth, you know. Music is a commodity. It's the person, it's the face, it's the song, it's the, it's the hair, it's all of that. And when I send it to him, he goes, actually, I really dig this girl. Thank you so much. I might have a chat to her. In fact, I want to share a really cool story. This is an amazing story. Actually, you know, and I, I say that I say it's a true story because sometimes the stuff that happens to me is just so unbelievable. But um, I like the voice because I, I was a muso. And the season before last, I just tried this experiment where I would watch the voice. I recorded it. I never watch it live. And I would just pick the songs, the singers that I liked, and I'd help them. And one girl. Lara Parker. She lives in Sydney. Her dad was in the Radiators. You remember the Radiators? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And so uh, they had three hits in the 80s, and her dad was the drummer, I think, or maybe the guitarist. And um, so she came up and she sang a Bon Jovi song. And she didn't, if you know the format of the voice, she didn't change any, she didn't share any chairs. She didn't turn any chairs. So she had one go. Now, in, a, in the traditional world, I'm guessing she would have went back to her life. I decided to help her out just as an experiment, and I'm checking now, but I, her, her video, that, that particular video, is one of the more popular of the whole show, whole season, separate to the actual people that won. And I think it's had something like about 680,000 views. Wow. On YouTube. So what I did, this is exactly how this works. This is exactly how Twitter works. So I said to my friend Jimmy, I, mean, I saw this really cool person on, on The Voice yesterday, I, I think she'd be a good guest for your show. I really like her. There's something about her. I really like her. And um, so anyway, he went. Up, she went on the show, and she was amazing. It was like five in the morning there because Jimmy has a show where you can see the guests. It's, that's the new yep. format with radio. They have it videoed. Yep. And he's going, oh, you look amazing. Oh, you just get out of bed gorgeous. She goes, oh, no, I got up a bit early, and I, I do actually I put a bit of makeup on. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty early here, and it's pretty cold. And uh, he said, okay, look, I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't have to do it. But, look, do you want to just build out a song? And it's five in the morning. I know it's really f- cold. Look, if you want to, you can you can give that up. Because, oh, yeah, no worries. And she just belts out this song at five in the morning, a guitarist with, with her, because with, with they, they sort of turned up together. And, and he, he just hit, he just got it. He says, mate, 
Lara, if you ever, if you ever can find the money to come to America, I can guarantee you I can help you. You've got to find the money. You've got to get here. I live in Philadelphia. We're very close to New York. I've got very, very, very good friends in both cities and even Toronto. So you've got to find the money to get there. I'm not sure how that story panned out, but the point is that I opened the door. Yeah. I introduced my friend Lara to my friend Jimmy. He got it. He probably would never have heard. He did actually know her. He did see that segment, but he might not have joined the dots. He might not have gone to the trouble of actually interviewing her. And that's what Twitter can do. That's the exact story I want to share with uh, with, with Lara. I, I'm going to check now for that, and you can put, put that in the show notes if you want. But um, something like about 680, uh, Lara Parker Kent is her name, so 680,000 followers, 680, 676,790 views. <laughs> from from a, a girl who got up on stage and didn't make it. Yeah. That's the point. She didn't win. Yeah. She didn't even get in. But I took it. I took it and I gave her a chance. I mean, it wasn't me. I mean, there's other people that have had similar things that have had similar amounts. But this one was just one of one of those stories that was close to my heart. You know, I, I love music. I love the voice, and I love what she's doing. And I love Jimmy. I love his show. And he's looking for people. You know, he's got a record label and he's always looking for new talent. So the, the real point of, of Twitter is this idea that you're, you're making connections with people that you haven't yet met. Now, I want to share a story with you. I want to hear your take on this. Lately, I, I still use LinkedIn, and lately people say to me, oh, Keith, I only connect with people that I know. Well, I think that's pretty stupid. Yeah. I think that's pretty stupid. You know, if you want to connect with people that you know, just get their email address or just get their mobile number, you know. Send them a Christmas card once a year. But, you know, LinkedIn is for meeting people that you haven't met because that's the point of it. Yeah, and I, 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 I respect I people's opinions. I do. I mean, I got a bit angry and she got a bit angry with me. She goes, I don't know you, Keith. Why are you contacting me? Okay, well, I'll, I'll leave it there. You know, you go off and live your little life, and great. You know, that's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. But I love meeting people I haven't met. Yeah, I think you just need to frame it as here's why I'm connecting with you. You know, I think there's a point where I've had people connecting me with LinkedIn that I don't know, and I normally accept them all, and a small percentage of them start spamming me with stuff, and it's just like, okay, I'll disconnect or whatever I do. I hide your yeah, things. It's, it's, it's a fear factor, and, and, yeah. and LinkedIn is a bit of a spam fest, isn't it? Yeah, it becomes a lot of people promoting themselves because they think they can go on there and get work. And I think they can go and get work, but it's like, you know, it's similar to your strategy. It's like what I think it was the Zig Ziglar quote. It's like if you help enough people get what you want, what they want, you'll get what you want. And mm. I think that's where social media works more powerfully. It's about that being actually, of service. That's actually a very good analogy for, um, for Twitter. If you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. That's, no. That is actually my philosophy on life without even knowing that quote. That's how I live. That's exactly my philosophy on life. Well, it's pretty much what you're, you're saying to do. It's like go and help someone. And then if, that, if you're helpful enough for them, then they're going to share you at some point to return the favour. You know, the whole reciprocity stuff works. Mm. Um, so is that the – so then what are your – so is that the full strategy? You just keep in touch with people? You keep forwarding some of their tweets and so forth? That's You just keep in touch and keep moving it forward, keep talking to them? Yeah, well, actually, um, 
my full strategy, because I, I actually spend about an hour each morning. This is my personal belief system. I can, so I can see why people wouldn't do it. But I personally spend an hour each morning uh, because that's my – is my baby. And I divide it into three 20-minute chunks. The first 20-minute chunks is to find out who followed me from the previous night and say hello. That's yep. the first 20 minutes. And that's what we're talking about. Yep. The second 20 minutes is to tweet stuff. That's actually really interesting. Find that 10 to 1. Yeah. And often that comes from the people that have followed me the night before. Yeah. Uh, the anchor in Houston might have done a TED Talk or might know someone who's done a TED Talk or, you know, my friend in LA might have a book. So that's the second 20 minutes. I actually find really cool uh, people, stuff to follow and then the, uh, to share. And then the third section is when I send another 20 people a message to say hello. You know, why don't you follow me and we'll start again? So there's these three 20-minute sections. You can do it once a day for 20 minutes or you can do it all in one block. But I've, I've created miracles. I mean, I would almost consider what happened to Lara a miracle. Yeah. You know, that that happened. What happened there happened as a result of this three this three 20-minute chunks idea. I found a guy that's really cool. I found a singer who needs help. I put them together. I tweeted their stuff. It went viral. She's now got an interview on an American radio station with the announcer saying, if you ever come to America, I will help you. You know, even if she never goes, she's still got that. And I'm still not sure if she did go. But the point is that she's got someone in her pocket. Yep. And in a, in a world where it's incredibly difficult to get noticed, incredibly difficult, this Twitter is a way to cut through the noise. Yeah, that's crucial these days. Cause, but then Twitter's its own noise factor. Um, but I think the key is you're not trying to blast out to everybody and hoping everybody reads it. If you're just talking individually with t- people, they're more likely to listen to you. And I think yeah, that's, that's the that's shift. That's the power of DMing. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I suspect that my philosophy on Twitter is very different from everyone else's because a lot of people just haven't thought of it. What if I help people first? What if I help them? Geez, that would be cool. Build up a bit of cyber karma. Oh, I think a lot of it comes from it's like the belief that if I tweet this, people will read it and take action and it's all about me getting what I want. And I think that's um, it's a beautiful amplifier of who you are and what you're about. <laughs> it is an amplifier of who you are, like a car is. Have you ever been on the Hume Highway or the, the PN Highway or the, you know, the major city, or the major highway in your town thinking, wow, that guy's having a bad day? Yeah. You know, you can just tell because the way he or she drives is an amplifier of how they feel. Mm. And I guess you're right. Twitter only just amplifies how you feel. And I love helping people, so my Twitter account is all about helping people. And yeah. occasionally, you know, I've got a, I've got a house that I need to. I've paid it off now, but I need to do some renovations. I, I've been told to make a living, so I I share my stuff too, but only on a ratio of ten to one. But I, I want to I leave with an analogy for why Twitter could be difficult if you're not doing it. Because a lot of people, and you, you've sort of alluded to the fact that you're one of them, a lot of people don't get Twitter. But I want to share this analogy, which I think really sums Twitter up. In the movie Avatar, uh, there's a planet called Pandora, which is six years away at light speed. If you've seen the, if you've seen the movie, yeah. this guy spends six years in stasis to get to a planet where, one, you can't breathe the air, two, the animals are really, really scary, (laughs) and three, there's a whole compound of other humans trying to work this out. Yeah. 
Now, Twitter is a little bit like Pandora. When you get into Twitter on the first day, you go, what, what is going on? What, what, what am I supposed to do? I have no idea what to do. So what I did, and I'm very proud of this, is I got in really early, relatively early, 2010, and I worked it out, and I've got a book. I've got a book. No, it's not for sale. It's completely free. I actually make my money from speaking gigs and actually coaching gigs. Mm-hmm. So I don't make any of my money from podcasting or uh, my books yet. And I think that's pretty much going to be the way I move forward. Those things are always going to be free, podcasts and ebooks. Yep. So if you go to my website, keithkeller.com.au, I have a completely free ebook from the point of view that you've arrived in Pandora on day one. They give you a breather. And you've got to sit in the conference room and they're going to give you this debrief. You go, okay, look, it's taken you six years to get here. Hello, well, welcome. Now, here's the rules. <laughs> and, look, I understand that Twitter can be complicated, but I dig it and I get it and I've got deep inside it and I've absolutely pulled it apart. I've decoded it, so to speak, which is why I've called the book Crack the Twitter Code. But do you think that would be helpful for your listeners and your friends? Oh, absolutely. If anybody's interested in Twitter... Um, that's the place to go. Yeah. You know, I think that's – and I think it's – you're clearly getting good results with it, so I think that would be – you know, that's the other part of it. It's like, okay, if I want to get good results by Keith, let's look at how Keith does this, and that's clearly what you're sharing in your book. So um, – and I think it's about – it's also about um, focus. I think there's a real good story here that you've been able to focus on Twitter and therefore go deeper with it and get better mm. results. and. I think too many people, including myself, have spread themselves too thin across too many social platforms and just not got cut through on them. And it's really easy to understand why, because there's eight of them now. I mean, yeah. it blows my head apart. And I, I want to I wanna share a quote from Brian Tracy. This is my absolute modus operandi. In July 2010, I watched this DVD from Brian Tracy, and he said, if you don't want to be in the top 10% of your field, you're in the wrong field. Yeah. If you don't want to get good, you're in the wrong job. Yeah. So I, I went away. It was the Queen's birthday, 2010. And I, I took a book. I bought a blank book and I said, okay, I get that. I'm going to work out what I want to get good at. And I decided that I want to be in the top 10% in the world at Twitter. Yeah. I just decided. I just decided. I said it. No, I just made that my sort of reason for being. And I can proudly say that I'm in the top 1%. Fantastic. I'm proud, yep. I'm proud for that because I've worked hard. Yeah. I don't know anything about Google+. Plus. I'm hopeless at WordPress, hopeless, <laughs> really hopeless at WordPress and really hopeless at YouTube, but I've got deep, deep, deep into Twitter. Mm. And I, I think that's a, it's a good analogy. It's a good lesson for businesses in general. Go deep rather than wide, yeah? Yeah. And we'll definitely put links in the show notes for all the people that you've mentioned and particularly your website and how they can get the, the book. What is it? Crack the Twitter Code. Crack the Twitter code. So the two ideas there is that if you want the free ebook and a 10-part podcast series, it's keithkeller.com.au. That's the freebie. And how I make my money, how I pay for my renovations in my house and get my lattes every morning, is that I have a coaching system, and that is crackthetwittercode.com. So I'll, I'll teach you via Skype what I do if you want your hand held. If you need, some people need that. Some people need to be coached through it. 
And I'm happy to do that because that's my time. I have to charge for that. But if you don't want to be bothered with that, you can get my ebook. Everything I know is there. And there's a new one coming, and you can find that out at twitterforwriters.com. And that's going to go off because already the first part has gone wild on the Huffington Post, and we're, we're rocking. We're setting the scene now. You know, we're blowing the world up, as, <laughs> as they say. But um, hopefully that's been useful. Yeah, fabulous, Keith. I think... A, your, your enthusiasm for it should be infectious to a few people. I might just wake them up who are listening and go, oh, this guy's really excited about this. Let's have a look at this. And I think that's the first part. If you can be enthusiastic, it becomes infectious for others. And, and also you're pointing to a business opportunity and help, it's helped you grow your business. So great work. Well done. No worries, Mel. Thanks, thanks again for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being on the show, Keith. I'll see you later. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks, the overly super enthusiastic Keith Keller. It's, it's infectious, isn't it? And I think the, the key take-home for me is how the power of niching and the power of specialisation and the power of focus can produce world-class results. And to be in the top 1% of Twitter influencers around the world is a pretty extraordinary result, and it's not bad getting featured in the Huffington Post as well. Fantastic. So hopefully that's inspired you to rethink Twitter or even rethink your focus around your business. So that's it. You've been listening to Jeff McDonald and the Ideas Architect podcast. This has been episode number 72. If you go over to our blog um, at jeffmcdonald.com, you can see all the people that we've mentioned in the show, all the show links from today's episode, and you can also click on the menu button podcast and see all of our previous episodes and there's now been over 70 of them so we're clocking them up and if you'd like to subscribe to the show which means it comes straight to your smartphone or your smart device then you can go over to itunes or stitcher.com to subscribe to the show feel free to add a comment as well that always helps that's it thanks for listening to the show and we'll talk to you again very soon bye